All right, so today we're going to be talking about um, something that's really interesting that not a lot of people are aware of, but it's kind of becoming, I don't know, second nature for these college programs and especially high school programs in America. And it's the topic of foreign athletes, and we're going to specifically be talking about African athletes coming over um, from Africa to these high schools, to these college, and then eventually going pro in these American leagues. And kind of what that journey is like, kind of the background of that, the history of that, what that details in terms of their lives, in terms of how they're recruited by American um, teams and high schools and, and how that kind of goes about. Because it's very different than just a normal recruiting um, someone out of a, a city in America or, or out of town in America. It's totally different in the way they go about it. It's totally different in the benefits that they receive from that. And it's really become this monopoly of of top talent from Africa moving over to the Americas um, to, to really receive a better education, receive a better you know, training facilities, receive a better opportunity to go pro. And so African athletes are seeing these opportunities from a young age and they're being recruited from a young age in, in waves that we've never seen before. But we have special guests today, um, Maria Griffin and Preston Bearden. Is that correct? Booth. I was wrong. I knew Preston Bearden from long ago, but sorry about that. Um, but Preston, why don't you introduce yourself, where you're from, and, uh, and uh, what, are your, what are your hobbies? Yeah, so um, I'm Preston Booth from Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, just like most people in this class, uh, sports are my hobbies, um, and that's how I got introduced to some people that are going to be able to talk about this topic in particular. That's awesome. Okay, and then we have Maria Griffin, and uh, Maria, where are you from? I'm Maria, and I'm from Nashville, Tennessee. Awesome. Nashville, Knoxville, and Memphis, kind of the tri-cities being represented here. So we're, like Preston said, we're in a class. Um, we're doing over modern sports in Africa. So um, one, one of the persons we're going to be interviewing is Chris Okperugene. Um, he is a three-star offensive lineman going to the University of Tennessee, go Vols. Um, next fall. And so what this podcast is going to be about is just overall what's going on right now in terms of recruiting out of Africa and what does that mean for families and what does that mean for um, just recruiting as a whole going forward. This is this is a topic that I think a lot of people don't really know a lot about, including myself until we did research. Um, But African athletes coming over on scholarships, especially in the the NFL and, and in college football has been going on for a while now, since the 1970s. I mean, you have athletes that have, um, you know, kind of gone under the radar of this huge, not epidemic, but this huge uh, um, influx of talent coming in from Africa, going into colleges, going into to NFL leagues. And, and these people have kind of been forgotten about um, just because uh, they kind of go through the cracks. But there's a lot of talent coming in since really the 1970s. People like um, a man named Akoi. Um, there's a lot of names that can't be um, you know, pronounced um, due to their names. But um, th- these players have been in the league since the 70s, and they're really now as they age and as they've retired from the NFL, retired from other leagues, are going back um, and, and teaching younger uh, Nigerians, younger people from Ghana, others like that, how to play the sport of football. And Preston, where is Chris Okperugene? Where is Chris Okperugene from? Well, Chris is actually from uh, Nigeria. I cannot tell you off the top of my head um, which state, but um, he grew up in Nigeria. He had lived there up until about three to four years ago. 
Um, and that's when he was given the opportunity to come over to the States, uh, specifically to uh, Nashville, a private school in Nashville, um, to actually play basketball. And um, that's where he actually got introduced to the game of football. Uh, did not know much about it. Still is learning. Uh, still a young guy, still learning. Um, so now he's transitioned. Uh, he transitioned over to a, a private school called the King's Academy in Knoxville. Um, where he played for a year, played for one season, and then um, went down to Florida to play uh, at a very high level and um, earned some better better looks and better offers from some bigger schools uh, playing um, with some better competition. Hmm. And that's really interesting. And one thing you mentioned was kind of the um, not lack of, of talent but lack of knowledge of the game. And that's something that I think is, is prevalent of – you have these athletes that are ready to play football, ready to, they have the size, they have the footwork, they have the talent, they have the speed, but they just don't have that knowledge of the game yet because they haven't been presented that. I mean, you talk about in some of these articles that we've been searching that um, they, they've really been only exposed to soccer and they've only, and their parents really value education more. And so you had an NFL player back to a co we talked about his dad say he didn't even allow him to play football at first because it said it was too violent. Um, and he said that he needed to focus on his education. It took him a while to warm up to the sport after he saw his ability. But you see that often with, with African players because it's such a American sport to a point that they're not getting that exposure. But now you see, I mean, there's so many players from Africa in the NFL right now, um, and, and a majority of them are from Nigeria. And so a lot of things, a lot of times happen now is that they're actually going back and starting camps and they're urging the NFL to go and make it a global league. And you kind of see it in London and Mexico City now as they play games there. But um, really, it, it really starts at the recruiting level and going over and, and searching for these talents, this raw talent that they have, um, and kind of just using that and, and helping them um, just reach their full potential in football. Um, Maria, why, why do you think that um, – I get, why, do you, why do you think if we have so many players from Africa right now in the NFL, why do you think that – um, that there's still not a lot of exposure in Africa specifically. I believe that there is not a lot of exposure in Africa specifically, specifically because there is not as great of an interest in Africa in American football. You know, American football is specifically an American thing. You know, soccer has more of a popularity in Africa. So um, the economic development that is beginning with these African football players going back to their countries is going to begin the development and begin football being popular in Africa, but it just starts um, with them. Yeah, and you can see that. Like, there was maybe two or three athletes. Uh, specifically, I know we're focused on the NFL because Chris is a uh, football player, but you can see, like, one or two Af uh, African athletes in the NFL, maybe in the 70s, and now the list is upwards in the 20s and 30s. Mm -hmm. And I think you're just going to see that continued change as, as sports uh, football games are being broadcast on Twitter. Um, Amazon Prime, the kind of the globalization of football. Um, I mean, yeah, you see it in Mexico City and London, but not so in Africa. And I think also because like a, a quote from uh, somebody writing a report on this is that, you know, London's probably a more desirable place to play than Nigeria um, at the moment. But th they're seeing that that's changing now, and they're seeing that there's talent um, in Africa to be used, to be recruited, to um, give opportunities for and I, I just I just see that as a as a growing globalization of sports in general but more specifically in Africa because there's so much talent there there's so much people that are smart and have the abilities to do things 
um, you know, if not better than, than us in America. So, um, I mean, I think it's so interesting. And, and one of the things that we were talking about is how Chris is from Nigeria and the majority of these players are from Nigeria. And you were kind of saying something cool about um, kind of the population. What, what were you talking about that, Preston? Yeah, so um, actually I, doing some little bit of research, uh, I found out that Nigeria is the most populated state or country um, in, in on the continent of Africa. And it's uh, it has the fastest projected growth of their population um, within the next 20 years, I believe. Um, and it's actually on pace to out um, outgrow the United States um, in that in that same time frame. So, the the amount of people um, growing up in Nigeria that are that are looking for better economic opportunity because of how populated it is um, will will be a growing aspect uh, within the next 20 years. Yeah, and I. It it kind of reminds me of what you're saying, kind of talking about like Georgia and Florida and Texas recruiting spots. I mean, you always see the recruits, um, really talented recruits coming out of those three states, Georgia, Florida, and Texas, because there's so much population there, and more population equals more talent no matter where you go. And I think Nigeria's really cashed in on that. And one of the cool things about that is that, that kind of like you were talking, Maria, there's so many athletes now pouring back their money, pouring back their earnings into more development. Um, one of the things that I've witnessed, um, not personally, but like through research and stuff, is Joel Embiid. He's an NBA player from Cameroon, and he's actually spearheading an NBA movement to Africa and having summer leagues in Africa, having recruiting and training sessions there. Um, and it's just really cool to see kind of this growth of, of sports in Africa through this history that's not really long of, of African recruits coming over to the United States to play sports in such a huge way. I mean, it's always been around, um, and there's always been athletes from Africa that go to different countries, um, get rich, and then come back. But it's it's so much now to a point that it's just so growing so rapidly that I don't think it's going to be able to be stopped. I mean, that's a good thing. I think, you know, more talent, more um, opportunities. I just, I think that's really good for, um, you know, the African side and the sports side. Um, just seeing them pour out their earnings back into the infrastructure, back into recruiting and training um, the next generation, just to bring everyone together more boldly. So um, I think it's a really interesting history that it's, that's in the forefront. I mean, you have athletes like Indominic and Sue. You can you have athletes like Infangi um, Moma. I mean, there's so many um, athletes that you can name. Uh, and so it's just really interesting to see them and, and know their history and their culture and then pouring back into their own uh, country and populations. That's really cool. All right, and now we have the opportunity to hear a firsthand story from Chris Ogpurugane about his personal experience with the recruitment process from Nigeria to the United States. This interview will be given by Preston, and let's hit it. Uh, my name's Chris. Um, I'm from Delta State, Nigeria. Uh, it's a small town in the south, uh, southern part of the country, and um uh, it's a lot different from where I am right now. I mean, things are a lot you know, different, a lot harder, a lot more complicated. You know, um, everything there has to be earned. You know? So um, it's, uh, it's a lot harder to to live there because everyone there is uh, not having a good life. So um, uh, coming down here was, was a big opportunity for me. So... Um, that's part of the reason I take it really seriously. That's awesome. Um, so tell me, uh, we talked a little bit about it, but um, 
what sports were, were really popular where you were growing up and um, what sports did you play before, you know, committing to football here uh, in the States? Um, before coming here, um, back home, the most popular game that every person knows is soccer. And uh, everybody pretty much knows how to play soccer. Even from the time you were five years old till you're 14, 13 years old, I mean, you should be running around with your friends uh, in the neighborhood playing soccer. Uh, it was the most popular game. Even um, everyone watched the game. Uh, uh, the Champions League, uh, the, the uh, European League, and all that, uh, because that that was the most popular game. Everybody else in the country knew. And um, uh, the second game that's known, but not too popular, but everyone knows about it much because of LeBron and all that is basketball. You know, a lot of people uh, play play basketball. But people just play that game for fun. I mean, nobody plays it in return of expecting anything. You know? So uh, um, there are only a few people who succeed in the game because uh, you have to be at a certain height to be able to play the game of basketball because it has a lot to do with high leverage. So uh, those are the most popular game played in Nigeria. Okay. Um, so... You came over uh, to the United States um, with the intent to play basketball. Correct. Tell me a little bit about the, the recruiting process um, and how you got noticed in that sport, um, you know, in your in your home state. Um, when I came here, um, I started playing basketball um, when, about, when I was about um, um, 14. That was when I started playing it. Because uh, for some reason I was the biggest guy in my grade, and uh, my um, yeah, we call it physical health, uh, physical health education. So my physical health education coach um, told me that um, that I'll, I'll succeed playing basketball. That uh, someday I could be like LeBron or Steph Curry. And he told me that I should, all I just got to do is try to learn the game and get used to it. And playing a bunch of tournaments that I have a strong chance, a, a strong shot of um, becoming one of the greats, you know. So um, I started playing basketball um, not too long ago. I started getting used to it, started knowing the tricks about the game. And I started knowing how to use, use my height, use my long arms to be able to make points at the same time be able to make rebounds um, and, uh, I started learning all that uh, a few years later um, I got an opportunity to come to the states to come play basketball uh, my freshman year uh, in in a school in St. Louis and, um, um, then I had then I came down here not too long later started playing um couldn't play basketball that season because uh, I came in January when basketball season was already over. So, um, but um, the coaches that held up broke me down um, there. They were able to convince me to um, be able to um, play football for a little bit because um, basketball was over and they told me that physically, I mean, I look like a football player, not a uh, basketball player, then I 
argue with them. I told them that I don't play soccer because I don't enjoy playing soccer. I don't like kicking the ball and all that because it's always been difficult for me to kick the ball because of my height and all that. So um, they told me that I wasn't playing soccer. Um, the football game that you're talking about is different. It has a lot to do with size. So that's when I started learning about the game, started putting in a lot of work, and as time went on, I went to camps from all over the country, and um, I just did all what I was told, and I started when I just started getting really popular in the state because of my strength and how I look, you know. So uh, uh, that's why I decided to go to. Um, IMG Academy because I wanted to um, expand my knowledge in the game of football. And so far, it's it's really helped me to get to where I am today. That, that's really awesome. Um, and that's a, that's a big step coming from basketball to football. And uh, it's been a slow process, I know, from, you know, you and I personal experience. But uh, yeah. learning the game uh, is not easy, but you know, it just seems like you picked it up really well. And it seems like you picked it up well enough to, to go to a major university and, and play at a high level. So that's awesome. Um, I guess my, my final question is um, you talked about uh, playing in tournaments a little bit over there um, in, in Nigeria. Uh, Correct. Tell, tell me what those were like. Uh, tell me what you know, the atmosphere was like, the, the, you know, the, the court, you know, that kind of stuff. Well, um, tournaments there – very exciting because we don't have uh, indoor facilities like like this that um, there is in the states. Um, so most of the time we play uh, basketball at the concrete floor and just right under the heat. And there was no, there was nothing. We sometimes had like me, uh, mental backboards and because we couldn't afford the normal. Um, glass backboard that's in every basketball court. So sometimes we have mental uh, um, backboard, you know. So uh, people were just gathering around, just enjoying the game. Nothing personal. Not I mean, just to have fun and see the new on every week. And because every week you see a lot of people coming up with new moves that they've been working on during the week. And um, every Saturday, um, they host tournaments where um, you know, people from all over the, 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 the state come by and just play ball. You know, nothing, no, no payment, nothing in return, you know. So it's a lot different than it is here. I mean, here I know this, everybody's either playing the game because um, they're trying to get something or you know, they're playing the game because, um, you know, So competition in Nigeria is, is a lot different. <clears throat> so they play competition. Is your competition is all about how good are you? You know how much have you been learning, and how how well can you impress people with your skill? You know no money in return because I mean, nobody can afford it. But it's all about how well you can impress the people around you. Wow, that's a great interview. Um, man, I, I just love his story. It's awesome. I hope he does really good things um, at Tennessee. That's me personally speaking. But, um, man, I, what a topic, guys. I mean, this is just a really cool um, thing to cover.
Yeah, it was awesome to hear his firsthand experiences, how he plans on giving back to his family. It was just a really uplifting story. Yeah, for sure. And um, knowing him, you know, personally and knowing a little bit his story and hearing uh, a firsthand um, kind of aspect from him personally uh, has really opened up my eyes to, to this being a continuing um, effort that we need to, as uh, fans, need to, to make a big issue about because there's a lot of talent going unnoticed. There's a lot of talent that um, wants an opportunity like he, he has been given. And so uh, the chance to as fans to uh, encourage that is a uh, very uplifting and very powerful. Yeah. So just be on the lookout, you know, uh, if you're a sports fan of any team, just be on the lookout for those players that um, are from Africa and give them some, some respect for their journey and some um, recognition for what they've gone through. And it's a really, really cool story. Uh, just, just from each one has an awesome story, just like any other um, recruiter or anything other one like that. So um, we thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoy this, uh, this podcast this is home field disadvantage.